while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. show on Chris McCarthy. As always, Marcus Farrow's here as well. And we're talking about um, a lot of different developing stuff that's happening tonight on the show. Should we start out with, with the show talking about the fight at the football game and, and, and the media reaction and the police department's media office? Um, then we got some uh, breaking news uh, about one of the candidates, former candidates for sheriff, uh, George McNeil, who had also previously been the Somerset chief of police. Yes. Apparently tonight, According to Jess Machado, who has her own show here on Saturday. Who's from Somerset. Who's from Somerset. She was at a meeting tonight where George came to the meeting and um, he went after someone who'd made a call here to this show. Yeah, so just for just for some background on this, too. Um, if you, you know, if you're listening, you might be familiar with the, um, and you can, you can actually listen to the debate. It's. It's doing very well. I, I see the numbers. The We're still downloading. Still, still doing very People well. Are still downloading yeah. the debate. So um, wherever they get their podcast, wherever right? they get their podcast, and they're going to my column on it on wbsm.com. They're going to the column about it too. So there's a lot of a lot of eyes on it. Right. So in a lot of years. So uh, we had the three candidates in: Nick Bernier, former prosecutor uh, and and current attorney. George McNeil, former Somerset Police Chief, Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru, who ended up winning that race and winning fairly easily, but um, they. They the second hour the first hour of debate was a nice discussion. They all played patty cake. It was cute, and then the second hour was calls from the audience, and that's when things got a little bit spicy. And most of the most of the vitriol, honestly, from the callers and from the messages on the app chat, were directed at George McNeil. Yes. and they were directed at George McNeil from people uh, by people from Somerset. They accused him of um, one guy accused him of going after his girlfriend, who's on the school committee. Uh, no, not going going after people who were running against his girlfriend on the school committee right they accused them of uh using the police department to intimidate people they accused them of all kinds of things that re- te- really amount to crimes and they actually they said he was fired not yeah and he said he stepped down they said he was fired uh and, some, and marcus you and i heard the, heard the best answer to that if he really had stepped down where was a re- his retirement party yeah that was that which was i funny. thought was a was a nice piece of evidence yeah because there is no evidence and, of any retirement and we're working party. and we're and we're we're trying to hear from the people that are at the meeting if you were at the meeting or if you just have an opinion on it in general 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program but i think really um stuff that's uh, honestly you know we've we've seen the the we've seen a, we had a primary one candidate won the two candidates afterwards engaged in behavior that i think was very unbecoming of someone who wants to be the sheriff so now we have another incident with george mcneil and yeah. um you know he um so he walked. So someone called in and said, and that's what that this person, if it's a, if it's a caller, I think it is. This person had said, actually, Mr. McNeil was fired unanimously by the select board. Right. And what McNeil said to that was, uh, I wasn't fired. It was a board of two. The unanimous, unanimous decision was a board of two because one of them had stepped down. One of them had quit. Um, and, and. 
you know, every you know, the town manager said I did like the best job ever, and um, that and could then, be, and then fired me. <laughs> so, 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 so tonight, what we hear is George McNeil um, in front of a lot of witnesses during a school committee meeting. Yep, during a school committee meeting about adding school resource officers to the K through eight schools about an d- open discussion on that with the, his successor there. He decided to storm into not the, a meeting about George McNeil, not a meeting about George McNeil, not a meeting having anything to do with him, but he decided he, to make it about, himself. he decided to, he stormed into a meeting, confronted one of the callers who called into this program, South Coast tonight to confront him on his job performance as chief and said things that amount to, you know, keep my name out of your mouth, started waving and pointing his finger at him. Which, which, by the way, not, not to nitpick, but a man, George McNeil's um, age and experience level should not be using an MTV phrase like keep your name out of my mouth or keep my <laughs> name out of your mouth. Right. I mean, that is some very E-channel type language. I mean, that is, was he trying to be hip and intimidating? I don't, I don't know. Um, that's a mm-hmm. very strange phrase, I think. For a professional, for a man who's a professor. Yeah. Because he didn't just lose an election. He's still a professor. Uh, I think he's no longer a professor. No. He was a professor. He was my professor, actually. But, I mean, you would think that he would want to maintain his professional dignity. Yeah, I mean, he's still a consultant for police departments to get them accreditation. Right. To show up to meetings with such ghetto behavior. Yeah. Keep my name out of your mouth and uh, just very crazy. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the, uh, get on the program. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, again, I, I think after, after this, it's, it's strange. I mean, after we, we knew who was going to win that primary anyway, we, we had been saying it for weeks that Paul, Paul I can't Har- believe I'm going to say this, but thank you, Mr. Hero. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Um, Although this would be a better headline if he was a nominee. <laughs> it would be better. If he was, but, but really, I mean, I, I think that Paul Haru, who I disagree with on many positions, will at least give a dignified uh, debate mm-hmm. to, to Tom Hodgson, as opposed to an emotion-driven temper tantrum, which is what we're hearing this guy is doing. Well, that's funny. Both candidates gave emotional temper tantrums after this. This one a little bit more overt and well, uh, than the other one. From what we're hearing about what Jess saying right is that the me- he was not a member of the meeting he, he he drove to the meeting yeah entered the meeting and then confronted the guy right while so, the meeting was going on right, apparently right so there's a lot of things that had to happen on george's behalf as opposed to when you just lost an election you're upset right yeah so nick haru just lost he was upset we get that right it's not it wasn't a good look but he was upset um this appears that george mcneil has a an anger management problem. This has been going for three weeks now. Yeah. And he waits until, not that he runs into the guy at the pharmacy or even picks up the phone and gives him a call, but he goes to a public meeting about kids and being protected. Trying to keep them safe. And right. And he decides to, to interrupt it and put, on a, put on a show. Cool. Yeah. Right. I mean, that that's that's a real strange turn of events. Mm-hmm. It's, again... Look, people say and do things after they lose elections um, that are that can be unbecoming. We all know that. The famous Nixon speech, you wanted Nixon to kick around anymore, right? But this was three <laughs> weeks ago. Maybe in the same sort of, uh, um, let's say, uh, lucidity or... Um, Perhaps. 
Right. Maybe in the same type of, of state, we'll say, is that you don't have Dick Dixon to kick around anymore. Perhaps. Maybe. Right. I mean, there's something. Maybe the same level of hydration. There was something maybe working the here. same level we of hydration. We suspect there was maybe, something at work. Maybe here, right? the same level of hydration. Something adding fuel to the fire, Marcus. Yeah. Right. Don't light a match. Right. <laughs> so the um, the reality of it is, is that he lost the election three weeks ago. The, oh. The phone call, oh, a couple weeks ago, but the phone call. Plus the election a week ago. A week ago. The phone call was three weeks ago. The phone call was three weeks ago. It was August 17th. The fact has been stewing in his mind. And then and he decided he, that, that at that point he was going to storm in. Like, what made it that, like, he knows, he obviously knows the guy. That's what I'm saying. He, he knows where he can find him, presumably. He could call him on the phone. Yeah. But instead he goes to a meeting and, and um, so much so causes such a situation that the police have to be involved in it, according yeah. to what our witnesses are telling. You know, when he was here, I didn't. Uh, I don't know. He seems like a, a pretty polite guy, and that that type of behavior, and even the way he handled, the way he handled the discussions that the people that were calling him were. And listen, sometimes people, you know, I never take that necessarily. I never hold that. If you got callers that call in, sometimes we have social assassins. Sometimes, call our yeah, all the time they say stuff that a lot of times isn't true, or they're encouraged to call in and say certain things. And a they certain would way. never say it in face to face. Yeah, never. so that happens all the time. We've got people that call in and say stuff like that. But um, he framed. And by the way, it. don't stop. We, we, we like no, it. no. I want you to keep doing it. <laughs> right. When sometimes, sometimes uh, candidates say, "Oh, I didn't plant college." I, I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because your opponent did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I hope you plant college. Right. So, um, so uh, he framed it as a um, a pol- like a political like a he was a victim of the politically fraught environment over there at Somerset, which I think nobody's going to say it isn't. Right? right, because of all the stuff that was going on with Brayton Point, the changes in select board, resignations, uh, incumbents getting tossed, all of that stuff. Um, by the way, Marks, I had no reason to disbelieve to disbelieve him. I didn't either. But we're learning a little bit about his temper. I didn't either. Well, it sounds like he wasn't a victim of the politically fraught tensions. If this is, you know, if, if what's being reported is accurate, and I have no reason to believe it's not. Right. Then. He, he was a he was uh, he was perpetuating it. That's my feeling, Marcus. Is that is that w- we just got a small sliver, yeah, of what of what everyone else was telling us. Yeah. Okay. So, and again, I was involved in small town chief of police stuff. It can be it can be like deadly vipers. But so I'm sympathetic to that. But what we're hearing tonight is this is an entirely avoidable situation. Yeah. Again, it's not like George McNeil was sitting at a bar stool and this guy walked in and confronted him. Right. It was that George McNeil went to a public meeting where I guess he knew this guy would be. Maybe someone there called him and told him. Yeah. Right. And then he went in all charged. It's my up, time to shine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that his former department had to get involved. I mean, it's weird. It's just kind of a... So, I'd be curious to see if a police report is generated off this market. You know, here's the thing. People call in, like I said, people call in to throw... Um, throw to, to throw the social stones. assassins. They pe- Yeah, they call the social assassins call in all the time. And keep calling in. Again, it's good radio, and, and you have a right to be heard here. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll call it. <laughs> you have a right to be heard here. I believe in your First Amendment rights Quite so frankly, George Benio could call anytime he wants. He could. So... Um, we won't even mention his name. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'll keep it out. Of I will. I will keep it out of. Keep it. Yikes. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so the so people call in all the time. People call into the actual like sitting sheriff and say all kinds of stuff to him. Former inmates call. Him. Former inmates call him and say From all kinds of stuff. Foreign countries. We believe. And I don't. I don't believe he shows up to a meeting and yells at them about it. It's character unbecoming of someone who wants to be sheriff. Again, it's... A lot of power and discretion comes with being sheriff, Marcus. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know that better than anybody. You've, you've, had, you've had clients over there. Yeah. Um, when you're the sheriff, it requires a cool personality, which Tom Hodgson has, and so does Pierce Haru does as well. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I'm saying is Haru won that. He's, you know, he was asked about all the stuff that all the drama with with one of the, the second place guy, Nick Bernier, like saying, oh, well, you know, he lied to me, blah, blah, blah. And Haru was just like, what? he was just like, whatever. Haru's not going to show up to a meeting with him and say, keep my name out of your mouth. Because it's like, all right, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you put How your, embarrassing. If you put yourself in a public position, people are going to say crappy stuff about you all the time. It's not fair, but it's what happens. It's not fair, but it's the trade-off, and it's the thing that you've got to you've got to understand happens. They protest outside Tom Hodgson's house, and he goes, "Well, they, that's what they do." I yeah. mean, can you imagine if they did it to McNeil? What he would do? <laughs> I, might, might be worth doing it. I mean, I yeah, mean, right. The guy went to again, as I point out, Marcus, and I think it's important from our witnesses. This was an avoidable situation. Yeah, um, McNeil goes to the meeting. He's not invited to the meeting. I, he can go to it. No, I'm not not criticizing that. I'm saying that. Well, it's a public meeting. Yeah. It's a public meeting, but he but he knew this guy was going to be there for one reason or another, and he went there to confront the guy. Yeah. And it became sounds like a really big event. Five zero eight nine nine six. Will there be a police report generated off this, Marcus? Do you believe? I hope so. So do I. I hope so. We'll find out. We will find out. We'll find out. I know and therefore, Je- our audience will find out. Exactly. I know Jess is writing the story on it. We'll see what information she gets. Um, 508-996-0500 so you can get on. I like that phrase, avant-garde. I like it too. It's an insult. You know what's avant-garde? <laughs> Walking into a school committee meeting and yelling at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's very... Who, who, who called into a show that you volunteered to come on to run for a countywide elected position. How dare you question me in public? <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Right. right? It's I crazy. Mean, it is. Um, as so, we said, we hear a lot of things on this show and not, uh, not always flattering. And sometimes they don't jive with, with what we know. But then sometimes reality begins to confirm the rumors. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. And, uh, well, that's the thing is like if all this we're hearing from Jess, and again, Jess is solid. We, we She's she's on the ground there in Somerset. If all we're hearing is tr- true, then it, it's it almost like all the stuff you hear, you hear that and you, you're like, hmm. You know, like you hear like, oh, he's her- using, you know, he's harassing Look, people. I was very sympathetic to George McNeil. For, for when those callers called in, yeah, because I realized, hey, we, you know, anyone can call You're in, forget- say anything they want. Getting, getting, yeah, exactly. Getting rashed on by a string of callers that don't like you sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> it Marcus sucks. knows. Marcus I know knows. it very well. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is that um, he was very cool and collected during that mm-hmm. uh, conversation. But now the fact that he that after a couple weeks of, of stewing on it, he goes to a meeting to confront the guy. Um, well, what I can say is generally the voters don't make mistakes. 
And in this case, yeah. it looks like they didn't. Yeah. Well, you know it's what's funny? Bad. He did win Somerset in the in the. Well, you know, he did win Somerset in the in the primary in the in the primary, but it could just be you know familiarity, or could be they saw the address. There's, there's the a address. lot of that, Marcus. There's a lot of that when you have a county race, um, because the county of Bristol is so big and diverse. When you have you know you, we have four very unique cities: Fall River, New Bedford, Attleboro, and Taunton. Right, all separate uh, universes, really, in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, little crossover with Fall River and New Bedford, but less so with the others. Yeah. Um, Often all the person has to vote on is the uh, the town. The address. They see the name and they see so the address. So you're in Fall River, you see a Fall River address. Okay, well, I'll scribble that right. in. Attleboro, Attleboro, Bedford, same thing. Yeah. Somerset, right? So there's there's always some level of that. It's why you try to get registered to vote in the largest town. Yeah. The most active town. In, in many cases, that's Fall River. Um, for county races. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the George McNeil... Uh, Continues, but Marcus, the thing about George McNeil is he's right in Somerset, which is practically Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's a lot going on in Rhode Island too. <laughs> Tomorrow we have a primary in Fall River. I mean, in Rhode Island. Nice you really you 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 did, you did fine, right? <laughs> you did fine because some of your segues when you were doing the Chris McCarthy show, some of your segues were. Really bad. Uh, that was like some of them were done on purposefully bad. Yeah, right. I would sure, start that's talking. What I would say, that's I what would, I would say too. I would start talking about. It's not a bad segue. I'm I, just funny. I would start talking about I'm an armed robbery, <laughs> and I would go, and that's why you need a gun from shooting something. That's a better right? segment than sometimes you're like, yeah, that's really bad. You know what's not bad? The Second Amendment. The Second Amendment's good, and that's why you should go to shooting <laughs> supply. Yeah. So um, that does sound like a segue I used to do. Yeah. So. So that was and I and I messed. I, I think that time I messed it up. So I, I would say generally you did, but I did. I did I mess that up. Take blame for any of my own mistakes. <laughs> I don't either. So yeah. except but for now, a, but it's there's a, a primary in Rhode Island tomorrow, Mark. Yeah, so there's a primary in Rhode Island. Uh, a lot of you uh, might be following it. Maybe none of you are, but it's something that's I think interesting. I know sometimes when I go off about races going on in different states, there's people that respond well to it. They'll usually. Even if they're not calling, will message me. How do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't. You know, someone asked Ted Nisi uh, when we were at the uh, at the at the at the governor's uh, event or the future governor's event in New Bedford. How do you know all this stuff? And he goes, oh, you know, I don't sleep much. And right. that's pretty much and that's pretty much the feeling I think bet- with both of us. Well, look, if you're look, I'm interested in politics, and and borders don't don't inhibit me, right? So I pay attention to borders Canadian, don't inhibit you, right? No. I, don't, I don't I don't I don't pay attention. I don't care on national borders. I follow European politics. I follow Canadian politics, and so therefore I follow Rhode Island politics. So um, quite a race is over there. So there's yeah, there's a bunch of races. There is an open congressional seat over there. There's a uh, governor's primary who's going to come out of that race is likely going to be the next governor. You've got uh, Dan McKee who wasn't elected that position. He's he was a lieutenant governor of Rhode Island, but then Gina Raimondo got called up to the Biden administration to be the Secretary of Commerce. Um, Gina Raimondo before was in private equity before she became governor. Yep. Yep. And so she was uh, called up to be sec- uh, secretary of uh, commerce. So Dan McKee, her lieutenant governor, obviously elevated to the office of governor. Um, he picked uh, Sabina Matos, who was a uh, city councilor in Providence, to, uh, to be his lieutenant governor. Um, but Dan McKee is running against 
He's, it's actually kind of a tight race. You know, we had Ted Nisi talking about it the other night. We had, uh, there's Nelly Gorbea, who's the former secretary. or Secretary who, of Secretary of State. Yeah, the secre- she's the current, I think, the current secretary yeah, of state. Yeah, current, yes. Yeah, she's the current secretary she's of state. Up, You've got um, Helena Folks, who is, I think... From CVS. Yeah, she was the, uh, yeah, she's the former head of CVS. Nancy Pelosi actually came down to c- campaign with her because her mom is good friends with Nancy Pelosi or they were roommates together in they college. They were college roommates, yeah. College roommates. So she came down to camp- campaign for uh, Helena Folks. And Helena Folks uh, is really picking up some steam because it's weird. Uh, Matt Brown, too, he he's, he's a guy. And, and his he, wife is running with him as lieutenant governor. It's not his wife. But they act like they are. They right? act like they are. It's a weird ad. It's the worst ad I've ever seen. It's 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 only worse if you see the other listen, ads they have. I don't want to see if you're running for governor, you want to be my governor. I don't want to see you pelvic thrusting in your political ads. I don't need to see it. It's not becoming. I'm sorry. Call enough, me old fashioned. And enough with the kids. And it, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it was it was a weird ad. I, I didn't I hated it. Ashley Kalis, who's the Republican running, she's got all her kids in the ads. And they go, my mom. When it, when the ad's done, I think that lady should stay home with those kids because they need her. They need her, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, not to be sexist, but they're all through the ad. I wouldn't even think of that, except that's her ad made me think of. That's her fault. So, um, so anyway, so the polling's been kind of, t- I think, fairly tight. McKee's had a slight lead, but Helena Folks has come on because I, you know, I watched the debate actually after Ted mentioned it. The debate that Ted Nisi mentioned, and Folks is the only person. Who actually knew stuff like um, uh, Nelly, uh, that that woman Gorbea? She was. They asked, like, she's the housing guy. She's like, I'm the housing can. I want to make housing for everyone and housing. I just declare myself the housing candidate. Yeah, I'm the housing candidate too. I'm um, the housing candidate for BPW next time. So, uh, but she didn't know how much a house costs in Rhode Island. They asked her what the median house uh, price of a house is. She said three hundred thousand. Folks said four hundred thousand. Nobody else got that right. So, Marcus, the Ted Nisi, who I follow on Twitter, and, and Tim White as well, they put out pictures of themselves working the day, the weekend before the debate, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, up late working on, you knew those guys were going to come up with some valid, interesting questions, right? Yeah. And the fact that none of those candidates was ready for that. Yeah. Well, except, one of them except- Except for except for the one who's never run for office, before. the one who's never run for office before, she was ready for it. And what, one of those candidates is the sitting governor of the state. I guarantee, if you ask Charlie Baker, how, what's the median house? He would know. He would know the median household income, how much an average house costs, the price of milk. He'd know everything. He'd know all of that. And it's it's actually unsettling that if you're in Rhode Island, you see your and I don't know how many people responded to it this way, but uh, you know, if you see your sitting governor not know how much a house costs in Rhode Island, that's really something. Considering that housing is a national conversation. It is. Not just a Rhode Island conversation, a national conversation. It's a national conversation. It's one that he should be involved with in his day-to-day business as governor because right. because how, there's housing shortages everywhere, and it's only gotten worse than the pandemic. How was his answer on that? He was like, nah, I think maybe about 350. It was like, it was like couldn't very, even finesse it. It was, it was very like dartboard. No, I wouldn't say dartboard because I guess he was fifty grand off, which is actually kind of a big difference. But um, it isn't trying to qualify for a mortgage. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it was, yeah, it was unsettling to me um, that 
that that that that's the way he. I don't know. That's that's how he answered. You know, Marcus, question. if he was off by ten grand, I'd give him a little credit. But fifty grand is an ocean, right? Right. He was out of the. He was out. He was completely out of range. He was just completely out of because they all said three hundred thousand sounds like three hundred thousand, and it was it was four hundred thousand. She was the only one that got it right. She actually got all the questions right, and most of them did not get like. I'm th- some of them got the questions right, but Dan McKee got a couple questions right that he had to know as governor. So, Marcus, but- I wonder if we're going to see a situation there in Rhode Island where, because she's never run for office before, almost like uh, Bliss, Re- Riss Re- Bliss Reardon's, Bliss Reardon's campaign, where she's self-funded <clears throat> and had never run for office oh my God. Ted successfully. Said, Ted said it perfectly. Bliss Reardon spent so much money to lose by 15 points. It's it's incredible how much money she spent. 9.5 million dollars. Look, to lose by 15. Do like, you like, remember Chris Garibaldi? No. Go Garib- was it Garibaldi, Garibaldi maybe. A uh, very nice guy. Conservative Democrat. He ran a bunch of times for office. He had a lot of supporters down in the New Bedford area. There's a couple city council members. He was very much involved with charter schools, that type mm-hmm. of stuff. He was a he's a um, a tech businessman. Very nice guy. And he just spent tons and tons of money and never made it. He ran for Congress. I think he ran for yeah. governor. He never made it. Um, I don't think people. There's some people that just aren't meant to win. No. I don't know. There's just some people that are just, they are perpetual also rants. At, at every level of government, local, municipal, um, uh, statewide, there's just also rants all over the place. So look. On a, on a very similar local note, look at Rick Trapillo spent at least ten thousand dollars of his own money. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. McNeil spent fifty. McNeil spent fifty. That's oh no what... wonder he's mad. <laughs> Wait a second. No. He loaned himself. He he loaned out fifty thousand dollars of his own money to his look, campaign. If, look, if he had given me twenty five, I would have told him to save the other twenty five. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he wouldn't be mad in gymnasiums. That's now. that's the numbers Jess gave me the day after the election. He said McNeil spent basically fifty thousand dollars of his own money, and they were and and they were of the philosophy that oh the money will come in after the election, and it's like first of all. Like, you got to win first. Second of all, <laughs> for it to come to you. Who told him that? Second of all, they don't. the money doesn't come after the election. Not if you're not a serious person. There's too much money going around. They don't just throw it at people. Oh, you're, you're running? Okay, here's money. You know what it takes, Marcus, and I know you do, to accumulate $50,000 in disposable income? Yeah, a lot. What you have to make before taxes? Yeah. And, then, and the fact that you hold on to it? Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Yeah, I mean, you you def, you delayed gratification to hold on to that money, only to burn through it <laughs> in an election to come in third. The results in you humiliating yourself in a gymnasium on a yeah. Monday after on a Monday evening. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's not really. Good. If you'd give me twenty five grand, I would have said, "Look, save the other twenty five. <laughs> but 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 yeah. uh, look 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 at Rick Trapillo, who I thought is a very nice guy, and and um. Well, so Rick, Rick he spent so, ten thousand. Rick so far out of everybody is the only person that's lost that's actually lost like nicely. He's the only person that's lost that has lo- like. He, well, I think he's a class. I think he's a nice guy. He's just a nice guy because he he was very very respect like he it's the he was above board and he was um. Uh, criticisms of Strauss. 
He was. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think you. I don't think he got in the gutter. None of that. No, he didn't. He didn't He's get a in the gutter. He's a gentleman. He didn't get in the gutter before or after. He he bowed out gracefully. The model of how you bow out after an unsuccessful election was Rick Trapillo. Yes. But we're seeing a lot of local candidates not either not following the etiquette or acting like little babies, and it's it's. Like it's, I guess it's better radio for me if they act like little babies. The voters aren't going to forget it because. But we're the not voters, gonna... right? We're not going to forget it. So when, if you run for office again and you decide that that's the way you're going to behave going forward, we're going to remind people of it. But 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 it's just it's an unsettling trend because it's kind of I feel like it's this cycle it's been happening quite a bit and it's it's like if you lose again if you lose gracefully you always mention Joe Malone right Joe so Malone Marcus, if. I, I, let me ask you this question, and, and you're not a sociologist, but you've been around. We saw this with Hillary Clinton when she lost the election to Donald yeah. Trump. We're seeing this again with Donald we saw Trump. That, uh, we saw it when she lost the election. I mean, honestly, when she lost the election to Barack Obama, like during that, when she was losing to Barack Obama, this, the stuff that they came out with, it, everybody forgets she, she's the one that made birtherism. I don't forget it because it was one, a lawyer from her campaign yeah. who filed the initial complaint. Wasn't it Blumenthal? It no, was no. Um, Bloom. From Philadelphia was the okay. same. He filed the initial complaint that, to try to get Barack Obama kicked mm-hmm. off the ballot. And now, after she lost to Trump, she spends every, you know, three or every three, four years, whatever. Now, however, not, every two years, uh, coming out with a oh, by the way, uh, Bernie's a sexist for running against me, and uh, I lost to Donald because of this. I lost to Donald because of that. She has the a Russians. Book. The Russians. She has that whole book. What happened? And that book should be one page. It should open it and said. I blew it. I didn't go to Wisconsin. I Bill Buck. Yeah, I Bill Buck made the Buckner, election. Right? Yeah, and then, I blew it. Should look, be a picture of Bill Buckner. Look, not to make this all about Hillary. Um, Donald Trump. He's carrying on. Right. He refuses to concede the election to, to yes. Joe Biden. Absolutely. You look at down in Georgia. You and, have that and, young lady, Stacey Abrams. She still says she won the election. I mean, what I'm saying is that you have a, a trend now of candidates who lose. Yes. Will not admit it. Hey, look, well, well now it's now it's always. I mean, with with Donald Trump, he started this trend that like now every time someone votes for a Democrat, they're actually a dead person, and it's 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 it, it's not good. It's not good for us. It's, it's actually, not good. It's not good, it's for, not good for it's not good for. I mean, it's not good for the Republicans that Trump's doing that either. I think I you're seeing you're seeing the impact. I think you're seeing a little bit of a referendum on his behavior in in the shift in the mid in the shift in the uh, midterm trends. Tremendous referendum. I'm, I mean that in the that in the Dobbs decision. Why but, do you think, Marcus? Why do you think that 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 was the reason that President Biden gave that ridiculous speech about semi-fascism was to pull out Trump? Well, what Biden was to was, make the argument about Trump. What Biden was trying to do basically is that there's, there's it's very clear in the last election there was a lot of people that split split their ticket right. because he won, but he won, but he didn't take the Senate with him. Really, he got they got a tie in the Senate, and he didn't take the House with him because they lost they lost seats in the House. So there's a lot of people that wanted a Republican in their in their Congress or their State House right. or whatever, and so they split the ticket. But they didn't like Trump because he was rude or mean or whatever, so they split the ticket. And so he's trying to get those people that were splitting the ticket because this is after, you know, this is after the election, January 6th and all of yep. that. He's trying to get them to say, all right, just go straight down ticket for us because these other guys are bad. And and he doesn't look any any conversation, excuse me, any conversation about inflation or gasoline prices is a loser for him. And he gets that. But Trump is a willing participant in getting yeah. sucked out. He doesn't care. Trump is willing to go to keep making the election about himself. You know, he's, he's not on the ballot. And uh, 
I find it very selfish of Donald Trump to be doing that. 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Download the... Just talking about Senate districts, if you guys are interested in uh, that nerdy Senate, um, state Senate districts. In, uh, so, in Marcus, we, we're also talking about and, 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 and um, our friend Barry Richard was talking about this earlier today. Where is Jeff Deal? Uh, yeah. Is he in the fetal position? No, at I, home? Called his, I called his campaign office today. They didn't get back to me. Right. I mean, look, guys, again, I warned you about Deal before I before I, you voted. You didn't listen to me. You voted for him. That's fine. Um, but where is he? The election is over. He won the nomination. Yeah. Where is he? I, I don't know. I know. I know you don't. You called his campaign, and I didn't get anything. But I called at like let's say one o'clock, two o'clock. We know that locally people are quitting his campaign. Yeah, we know that. We know that. We know that he has no money to advertise. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to raise the money. No. You guys went out and voted for him. And I'm going to tell you something. Well, you voted for him because you believed him. Yeah. You screwed up. But it's just like, it's just... (laughs) Animal House. It's just, I know. It's just like, the campaign... You know, there's also something to be said about people who literally walk into a voting booth that day, see a name they recognize, and fill it in. And and I I think that's what I think that's what I think that's what happened with Deal because, I mean, Doty getting forty five percent of the vote despite the fact that no one heard of him just like not six months ago, nobody's ever heard of this guy, right? And he just he just he gets forty five percent of that vote. I think that says a lot actually because Jeff Deal has already had statewide name recognition for that gas tax thing and for running against Elizabeth Warren and getting the Trump endorsement and all of that. So he already had the statewide name recognition, and um, but. That's basically, and that's why he was hiding from the debates with Howie Carr. I'm hoping to ask him, we're hoping to ask him some questions. Uh, I, I, I put in a call into the deal campaign. I know Maura Healy's scheduled to, I, I've talked to Maura Healy's team. She'll, 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 she'll join us at some point. Um, so, but, Marcus, but, I just think that he got the nomination, and now he's going to treat it like it's garbage, and the people that voted for him. Because, look, Jeff Deal should be out on a thank you tour of all the Republican enclaves and where he got the votes. Instead, where is he? Home watching Jerry well, Springer? Well, here's, what's, here's the thing, too. If I were to look at the... Home <laughs> watching Jerry Springer. Seriously, if I were to doing? Well, here's the thing. If I were to look at the numbers, and I'm looking at them now, they're very easily accessible. You don't need to pay for them uh, because he wouldn't be able to. Uh, po- <laughs> because, po- you know, polling's expensive. Right, so he wouldn't. True. But he doesn't have to... He doesn't have to poll here. He can look at the... He can look at all the... You can look at this map, this interactive map, and it has all of the votes, all of the re- people who voted in a Republican primary, right? So you can see all these people, and you know where they are. And you know where they are mostly? I mean, there's some in the central state. Worcester County seems to have the most total because I think Worcester County itself is, you know, the biggest county. Yeah, uh, it's also very much a lot of Republicans up there. A lot of Republicans in central mass. Um, but The Shrewsbury area. Sh- yeah. Well, that's where that's where um, Polito's from. Polito's from. Polito's from Shrewsbury. So, uh, but other than that, you look at southeastern mass, it's not even close. You've got... 
You've got 21,000 votes here in Bristol County for Republicans, about 21,000, 22,000, about 32,000 in Plymouth County Republican votes, votes, and that's votes in the Republican primary, not necessarily Republicans, independents that you need to win. Right. Um, And about 20,000 in Barnstable County. So why is those are all traditionally known as more Republican areas in Bristol County. Yeah. So why isn't he, why isn't he here? So it doesn't make any sense. Look, he doesn't have any money. We get it. So you get in the car and you drive down here. He lives. He lives here. He lives in Whitman, doesn't no, he? No, I know. It's 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 right down here. Eighteen. You get some ice cream at Peaceful Meadows. You get going right. Yeah. I mean, look, if he came down here, he'd get some free media, right? Which is all he can generate. I mean, right maybe now. I'll get a call tomorrow. Yes, but I should have gotten a call quicker. He should have been here this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He should have been. Where is he? He's not making. He's not making any stops anywhere. Look, Maura Healy was here. Maura Healy was celebrating here celebrating her victory on which, her second. Didn't even matter. She really didn't have an opponent on her. Se- <laughs> but she knew enough that now that she was the nominee, that it was worth something. Yeah. Jeff Deal, he fought. Well, he didn't even fight hard to become the nominee, and he doesn't even treat it like it's gold. His last, his last tweet was from two days ago. On, on Twitter. His last By the way, Marcus, was, tweets are free. Right. His last tweet was two, <laughs> tweets are free. His last tweet was two days ago, and it was some stupid TikTok video. Uh, and then there was retweeting a Boston Herald article that's that's um, so, some yeah, Boston Herald puff piece. The fact of the matter is, is that he won the nomination, which is which is valuable to the people who voted in the primary, right? Yeah. So you go down and you say thank you, right? Let's you spend what, the day. Let's see if he's getting posts on Facebook. You down here at um at um, at uh, uh, there's one of him asking for money. Well, that and, at least is productive. It could be. Yeah, one of them asking for money. Uh, another one for if him asking for money. Well, so that's a legitimate thing. A nine eleven tribute as a um as a candidate. I right? guess they're doing it. They they were in Franklin. They said they had a thank you tour, but I haven't seen it here. Where yeah, he says. With Leah Cole Allen on our thank you tour. Again, it doesn't seem to be particularly well covered or paid attention to. Well, one of the problems is that when you won't debate, when you won't buy when you don't buy advertising in the media, when you won't debate your opponent, it's really hard to get the media interested in your campaign. I mean, I heard Jeff Deal talking about Maura, T- Maura Healy has to debate him three times. I thought, hey, man, you really are a hypocrite. You really <laughs> yeah. are a hypocrite. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's so gross. It's because he hid from he hid from Chris Doty. He, he didn't want to debate Chris Doty, but he, de- he decides that the he only wanted to debate him once, but he'd also decided that the 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 now the the front runner for the, for the governor's race because he was the front runner in that race and now he wants the the front runner in this race to debate him three times right it's it just that dog doesn't hunt you know I mean <laughs> I mean the the thing of the matter is that people are already sick of shifty sneaky politicians who take one position with the wind and take the next position with yeah. the wind so for the fact that he is famous now for avoiding Chris Doty and famous for not debating him, for him to now stand on television and demand that Mara Healy debate him, it's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. I don't even know how he could say it with a straight face. It makes me concerned about the other things he says with a straight face. 508 Let's take this break. Vote two seconds, caller. I know there's not much time. Is uh, Jeff Deal 
uh, helped Donald Trump sabotage the Republican Party in Massachusetts. <laughs> I sure hope so. Hey, I, you know something? I think that we'll get a better, stronger Republican Party after this cycle when it's over. You better hope so, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes terrible radio. For Are you terrible. voting for Healy or what, my friend? Um, I cannot vote for Jeff Deal. Okay, so you're voting for Healy then, right? You never know. I could ride in Howie Carr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'll let you go. I Thanks, my friend. Call us earlier next time. Someone, uh, Aaron from Rochester, question is Jeff, uh, asked Jeff Deal's campaign manager about where he is. I mean, I'll have to call. I, I put in a call today. I didn't hear back. I probably should have. Maybe you'll hear back tomorrow. If right. I don't in a couple of days, I'll let you know. All right, guys. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, to Utah. Tomorrow, we're going to do some coverage of some other races. I've got uh, Adam Bass uh, from uh, from Attleboro. He's going to be calling in or coming in studio to talk about stuffs going on over there. I'm going to ask him about Paul Haru and all that. I know you're all interested uh, in in uh, in Mayor Haruna. He's running against Sheriff Hodgson, so it'll be great. Just uh, tune in and, and call in, and that's it. I'll see you then.